you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio program on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel, which is under my name, Susan Puzio. And we have Greedy Preachers TV. Also, we have our website, propheticnews.com. And we have our two books and our re-released book, Paula White, President Trump's pastor, the miracle-selling huckster who became the spiritual advisor to the world's most powerful man. And I say, how did that happen? Well, we can kind of see now more about really what was going on there, which it didn't really come out until after he lost the last election as far as his relationship with the Antichrist cult leader, Mrs. Sung Young Moon, who he has since since he left office, he has spoken for her conferences or spoken at her conferences twice now. And a woman who belongs in an insane asylum because she says that her husband was the Messiah, he's now dead, And she claims to be the only begotten daughter of God because she says that God originally wanted a family. And, of course, Jesus, uh, they say that Jesus did not complete his mission on earth and he was supposed to get married and have a family. So now she comes and she's supposed to be the literal bride of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And so this is a nutty person because people that think they're God, they have a screw loose in their head, obviously. But this is the person that former President Trump is speaking for and calling her a tremendous person. And then even, and and Paula White, of course, is a featured speaker at many of her events. She's been there many times speaking for Mrs. Moon. So we can kind of see now how this whole whole thing is coming together as far as I think evangelicals should be warned about these associations between Mr. Trump and Paula White and Mrs. Moon because also in the audio tape from the last, or in the video actually, that's on PeaceLink. TV, you can see this whole conference there from February of 2022. When Mrs. Moon gets up to speak, now mind you, Newt Gingrich is there, Mike Pence is there, Mike Pompeo is a speaker, Donald Trump, Paula White. What are these people doing there? It's not, doesn't it strike you as strange that 
these people from his former administration are all uh, backing Mrs. Moon? Sounds like a kind of a foreshadowing of the Antichrist and the false prophet. So also in this video that when Mrs. Moon gets up and they introduce her, of course, as mother, the mother of peace, and she says that she wants to unite all the world's religions into one. Now, what does that sound like? So anyway, before warned about Donald Trump, this is dangerous all the way around, and we should really be on our toes because even though it looks like what the United States is falling apart right now with Biden and his group, the Lord allowed it. And it looks like Trump is going to run again. And uh, they're, at this point, they're both dangerous, Biden and Trump, because maybe he had good policies. And yes, he did have some good policies. And the price of gas was lower. And we didn't have all these crazy things going on, of course. I didn't buy any into the buy into any of this Russian collusion, and I didn't buy into the people that were becoming political prisoners because they supported him or they work for him or whatever. No, I wasn't buying into any of that, and uh, a lot of the other things that they accused him of at the time that he was president. But this, when it comes to people's eternal destiny, and when, and when we're talking about Christianity versus outright. Satanism, then as Christians, we need to beware because this man is not of God and this is a sign for all of us because I don't, I, I didn't see this kind of thing when for the four years that he was president. I was, of course, very upset that he would have such a degenerate like Paula White as his spiritual advisor, who could, what kind of spiritual advice she, could she give him? Possibly she doesn't know if she's coming or going herself. And, uh, so that, that I did question. And there was many people that I contacted about this issue. Nobody cared really, as far as big name people that were associating with her and going to the white house with her and appearing in press releases with her. They didn't really care about Paula White's false doctrines, about her telling people to watch pornography from her pulpit, uh, reputable news magazines like Charisma, Christian Post, or so-called reputable. I shouldn't say reputable because they're really not. And... Uh, they were given this information about Paula telling people to watch porn, her and her husband, and they didn't care. No, they didn't care. All they cared about was the fact that she was going to get them into the White House to see Trump. They could care less about Jesus, let me tell you, because there were such a bunch of wimps that wouldn't take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so... We need to be aware. I don't know what's going to happen as far as this next election, who is really going to be ru running, if they're going to hijack the election, which 
uh, it looked like they hijacked the other one, but God allowed it because if, if the Lord wanted Donald Trump to be the president, he would have been there again. But God did not allow it. And as we see for very good reason that a man of his caliber being the ex-president of the United States, why do you have to go and hawk for moon? Like, are you that desperate? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is wrong with you? So it's the blind leading the blind. And we have to be careful about politics because you could, if you go to uh, this YouTube channel there, Patrick Lancaster's YouTube channel where he goes just about every day he puts up a new video and he's actually going to the burned out cities there in the Ukraine and he's re they're rescuing people and getting people medical help and you can see the destruction and most of the people that he interviews anyway and he's not these interviews are not canned they're not he doesn't uh get the people to say what he wants them to say as far as when you look at Fox or CNN or ABC or NBC or whatever, their news is slanted for the most part. And so I'm not taking anybody's side in this thing. I think it's ugly all the way around. I don't see why it's necessary to have to hurt innocent people. Why they, they shot one guy below the waist he was just minding his own business in his house. They were shooting people and, and they were being hit with shrapnel and, and, uh, they lost their cars. They lost their jobs. They lost their apartments. They lost everything, just about everything they had. And what's, what's the point? Look, if you want to have a war, then let Zelensky and Putin duke it out. You duke it out. And leave innocent people alone. They had nothing to do with this thing, and it's disgusting. And it just breaks your heart to see this. And if, and he goes in there, and he he t stops people on the street and asks them what is going on. It's not just the Russians that are uh, hurting civilians. It's the Ukrainians, too. They're doing it, too. And supposedly this, there's been kind of a war going on since 2014. There's been fighting. The people were talking about it. And, and uh, there's a documentary on uh, YouTube called Ukraine on Fire. Now, look, there's some things in these documentaries and there's some things on Patrick Lancaster's uh videos there's some bad language there's probably things that you don't need to look at as far as dead bodies and things like that that you don't really want to see this is news reporting and so you look at it like that it's not these are not christian videos and uh, they're not for the faint at heart but uh you have to really study the history about what's really going on over there. It's a long conflict. It didn't, didn't just start a month or so ago. There's been all kinds of fighting going on there. And it's political. 
there's so much more to the story. I, I haven't yet, to my satisfaction, been able to get to the bottom of what's going on. But I can see things in a different light as long as I stay away from the national media and their propaganda about how they want to paint this war. And this is Europe we're talking about. This is not some faraway country where we don't know that much about the people. These are, this is Europe. These are people that have a, a sophisticated way of living where they had houses and running water and they had grocery stores and they had jobs and they had cars. I mean, this is not a third world country. This is Europe. And they are destroying some of these cities, both sides. For what? I don't really know. I don't really know for what yet. Does it have something to do with this whole one world government that they're trying to bring to pass right now? Possibly. Possibly. But there's no good guy leader in this in on both sides. Because they're both guilty of atrocities against innocent civilians that have nothing to do with the politics. And when you look at these videos and you see the destruction of the houses, now I've been to Eastern Europe. I went to uh, Czechoslovakia right after communism fell. This was in the 1990s, the early 1990s. And they used to have these checkpoints where if you crossed from Austria, I left from Austria to go to Czechoslovakia and at one time, they used to have these checkpoints where you would have to stop at the border and show your papers and whatever to see if they would even let you in. But the checkpoints were abandoned at, when I went. You didn't even have to stop there. You could, I drove right in. And I was the first woman to preach there at the Pentecostal church in Bratislava, Czechoslovakia. And so it was a big event. We had a big meeting. I was surprised at the size of the church. It was a, it was a big church. It was oh anywhere from five hundred to a thousand people in the church. So they they did have churches even under communism. They had these churches and and uh, they were able to practice their religion. And so another odd thing, and I saw this in these videos from the Ukraine was they were changing money. They had to change their money now. Some of these territories where the Russians took over, they had to change their Ukrainian money into Russian money. Now, I was in Czechoslovakia twice, and the first time I went there, they had to change their money. The second time I went there, they were changing their money again. So it was another way people kept losing money because every time you change money to a new currency... It, you lose some of its value. Yep. And they were doing the same thing last week in the Ukraine. So I don't know how many times these people are going to have to change their money and lose their money. It's the craziest thing. And you think to yourself, it could happen here. It could happen here. What Really, what protection do you have 
uh, when you have a incompetent president, you have a basically incompetent military that they couldn't even win a war in Afghanistan, and then they left what, $80 billion worth of equipment over there for somebody else to use to, to use against us? Did you ever see such incompetence? Did you ever think that you were going to see the United States military behave in such a fashion? I don't think it, it was the soldiers' fault at all. I, I'm not blaming the soldiers. They only were going by what they were commanded to do. And what about the civilians that were killed there? There was, how many civilians did they kill in a, in a raid where they were supposed to be, the, the United States was supposed to be going after some Al-Qaeda people or whatever over there, and they killed 10 or 12 innocent people in a, in a suburb, and children were involved. That doesn't make us any better than the Russians or the Ukrainians, really. It really doesn't, so... It's evil, war is evil, and it just, it's heartbreaking, the whole thing. It really, really is heartbreaking, but if you want to see some dynamic videos of the cities and, uh, and Patrick Lancaster goes and reports on the scene, he takes his life in his hands to go there and to do the reporting, he's a independent journalist, and I think his reporting is some of the best, really, that I've seen. Like I said, it's not Christian, so you have to look at it like that. But it's real. It's real. It's what's happening, and... We can only sit back and wonder what, when it could be our turn. You just never know. You don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We, we still have a pretty good life, although you're in shock when you go to uh, fill up your gas tank, where my gas tank, I didn't fill it. I, I didn't have to fill it up for three months, but I finally, <laughs> I finally had to go last now, the other day I went and filled it up. I still had almost a quarter of a tank left. Now, that's oh, that's three months, but I don't drive anywhere anymore because I don't go into stores. I just, so far, thank you, Jesus, I, I haven't been sick, and I don't want to get sick, so I do everything I can to prevent uh, from getting that plague. And I love online shopping. I, I like it. Because you can order things, it comes right to your door. You don't have to get in the car. You don't have to stand in line. It's great. And they deliver everything, just about everything now. So it's worth it. And so many of the stores, if you spend $50 or whatever, you get free shipping. So it's tremendous. And anyway, I have a 20-gallon gas tank. And it was over $80. $80. When I first started driving, which was back in the 1960s, <laughs> I'm going to date myself here. When I first started driving, I was 
paying 25 cents a gallon for gas. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was in the 60s. Why was it so cheap then? And now we have all these fancy modes of transportation and everything, and we're paying, what, over $4 and something a gallon? Why? Why? Well, a lot of it is taxes. I'm thoroughly convinced it's not just... It's not just the price of oil. I think that they're just taxing like crazy the uh, gasoline to make up for their spent. There's trillions and trillions of dollars in spending programs. Oh, dear. Where are we at? It's, it's sticker shock. And then I was, was looking at this tissues that I that I buy and then when I first started buying these tissues you buy three a three pack it was a dollar ninety nine now it's three seventy eight yeah yeah three seventy eight and then the the coffee that I buy it's doubled in price so and they they say it's even going to get worse as far as the prices are going, but they want your money. <laughs> they want your money. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of a crazy time, really. We just have to trust the Lord. What can we do? We have to trust God to get us through all this and to help us, to provide for us. But I'll tell you one thing. The Lord said... Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. So I think God knows what he's talking about, and the fact that he said to seek first the kingdom, and he will add all the other things. So no matter how much money you give away and, and all the good deeds that you do and all that, God says seek first the kingdom. So we all should be doing our part to build God's kingdom. what That's what's going to remain, is who we witness to, who we lead to the Lord. That remains. Heaven and earth shall pass away, the Bible says, but my word shall never pass away. So we have that great and precious promise, and we can count on God to take care of us, no matter if God, Gasoline goes to $10 a gallon. Now, when I, I was over in England in the 1990s, it was about $6 for a gallon of gas then in the early 1990s. So I don't know what it would be now. But that's what they were paying then. And mainly it was all, uh, most of it was for taxation because they had all kinds of, it was already socialist and they had a real problem with illegal immigration in their country, which they weren't doing anything to stop it either. And they were giving away free education and free apartments. And what basically what they're doing here is they're letting these people come here by the millions. And they're flying them all over the country and they're giving them education, which the taxpayers have to pay for, especially property owners have to pay these exorbitant school taxes. 
even though you don't have anybody in school, if you don't have anybody in school, you shouldn't have to pay a school tax. That should be for parents of school-aged children should have to pay the tax to send their children to school. And I think we should do something about that. <laughs> one, day, it, one day when I really decide I'm going to, I, pro I would like to. I would like to because I think it's very, very unfair and anyway, the property owners are paying for these to school these people, and then also these welfare programs, which I'm not. I'm not a big proponent of welfare. I I think people should work to the best of their ability. There's always something you, you can do. There's always something you can do, especially here in Florida where uh, everybody needs their grass cut and other things that they need done around their homes because mainly you have senior citizens here. So if you don't have a job, you can make one. And God will give you ideas and he'll give you things to do. But he will take care of you. He'll, he's going to make a way for us. But... We need to be prepared for anything because we really don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead, especially when you have crazy leaders that are war happy and they like, they like these wars because then the uh, military industrial complex, they all make big money selling weapons and tanks and airplanes and whatever else they could use to hurt innocent people that don't have anything to do with it. Okay, you want a war, like I said before, let the, let the leaders of the nations duke it out. And the generals, let them go duke it out. But leave innocent people alone and leave them out of it. They have nothing to do with your politics. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it is really, really crazy. It is really crazy. And so we are in some perilous times. And if God doesn't help us, we're not going to get help. So we have to stay close to the Lord and remember that no matter what, God's going to be on our side. He's going to help us get through these times. And we all have to be grieved for what we're seeing in the world and uh, Anyway, how about that? <laughs> I I wasn't really watching the Academy Awards. I don't really watch that because I don't I don't really like their movies, and I don't even know who half of these people are that they have on these shows. So I didn't I wasn't watching it when uh, Will Smith went and slapped Chris Rock. Okay, so I see so many people commenting on social media and saying, well, he defended his wife's honor. Well, I don't want anybody defending my honor by hurting somebody. My honor is not that important. If somebody's breaking into the house, then defend my honor, okay? Or if somebody's attacking me on the street and trying to hurt me, then defend my honor. But because he made a joke that's no reason to go and smack somebody. He could have he could have really hurt him because he could have I don't know how he didn't fall down. If he had 
fallen down and hit his head, we would be talking about a whole other story. And then also, if there was another scenario where it was a gay person, if it was a straight person smacking a gay person or some other scenarios, oh, I can guarantee you the guy would have been arrested. And he should have been arrested because he assaulted that man for no reason. And the guy is, when uh, Chris Rock made the joke, Will Smith was laughing. He laughed. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if his wife said something to him or what happened, all of a sudden he gets up and nobody went to stop him. Like, he shouldn't have been approaching the stage in the first place. Nobody stopped him. Goes and he smacks the guy. Oh, don't talk about my wife. Yeah, okay. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And and I couldn't even believe that they let the guy stay there after that. They said, oh, he wouldn't leave. Well, yeah, well, it's <laughs> he won't leave? Then escort him out because he just assaulted somebody. I thought there was some kind of a thing like assault and battery. Uh, I thought it was a crime. Even though Chris Rock didn't press charges, he didn't need to press charges because... It was an assault. And they let uh, they let him stay in there, and then when he gets up for his award, they give him a standing ovation. I, is that, was that the craziest thing you ever saw in your life? One of the, I mean, one of the craziest things. I'm not going to say that's the craziest thing. It was, because you have uh, Hollywood, oh, they're, they're always talking about morality and you should do this and you should do that and then they have this kind of a scenario and some people are saying yeah well you have to that's his wife and I don't care who it is okay am I going to go around smacking everybody that says something about me I don't like that would be some kind of a world that we lived in if just because somebody made a comment to you you didn't like you just decided you just decide you're going to go and smack him in the head. <laughs> We'd have the Wild West out here. We'd have the Wild West. Yeah, if it's a threat, like I said, if it's a threat, then you take action. But what kind of an example is that, too, for children that you're raising, especially you're raising boys and when you grow up, when you're a kid, people say things about you. They say things about your mother, whatever. So what are you going to do? Start Go to the playground and you start smacking everybody around? Oh, I don't like what you said. I'm going to defend your honor. I don't want anybody ever to defend my honor by hurting somebody else. I can take a joke, and I'm not that fragile. So... Forget about it. Anyway, Will Smith has issues, obviously, some serious issues going on in his life. I don't think either. I don't think that it really was all about the joke. I think there was, there's other things going on. That's, this is the thing with too much money. Too much money, too much fame, and then you feel entitled that you can just do whatever you want. And... and uh, 
he was crying about people saying things. So what? It's like, grow up already. So what if people say things? What are you going to do? That's life. That, that's life. It's part of life for people to criticize you. And not everybody's going to like you in life. No. Not everybody's going to like you. There's going to be people that hate you. They're, they, they're going to hate what you stand for. They're going to be jealous of you. There's going to be that. There's going to be people that try to compete with you. So what are you, what are you going to do? Be angry and, and uh, start smacking people around? No. It's a bad example. And it's like, grow up already. So what? Somebody said something about you. Yeah, yeah. They can say whatever they want. And people do. They, people can say whatever they want. They can make any kind of an accusation. And you just have to grow up. Well, of, of course, if, you're, uh, if it's going to affect your business in a negative way and, and uh, people are slandering you, something like that, yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. If you're a public figure and they slander you and they make up stories, which they do, even some so-called Christian journalists do things like that, that some people that have websites and they have uh, news websites where they report news and they don't check out their facts and they make things up about people without getting both sides of the story or doing their research. And I've seen some of these people slander people without just cause, just because maybe they said something about this particular website or the particular person that's doing the reporting, and there's some kind of an ongoing feud there. So then they they decide that if they get a hold of some kind of a juicy piece of gossip, then they'll expand on it and make up the most outlandish outlandish stories about people. Well, you shouldn't do that because especially if we're doing so-called Christian investigative reporting, we have to make sure that we get all the facts and that most of the time here on this program, we play audio clips from the person we're talking about. So, we don't make up things. We don't say, they said this. I try not to do that because I, I really try my best to be able to get accurate information out to people and not gossip because people will say, well, investigative reporting is gossip. It's not gossip. Gossip is when you make things up that are not true. That's gossip. Gossip is not telling somebody that Paula White is uh, a false person or Bill Johnson is a false person or Hillsong is having scandals as far as immorality and drug use and whatever. That's not gossip. Those are facts. And so you have to be able to distinguish between the two things especially if you're doing 
investigative reporting online and you have hundreds of people or thousands of people or whatever listening to you, you have to be trustworthy. There's even some people now that are being sued with the, some of these uh, online news reporting. Well, if, if, you, if you had checked out your facts and you didn't slander people, you wouldn't, they wouldn't have any kind of a basis for a lawsuit. So what good does it do to get even with somebody that said something about you by putting out a story that is not 100% accurate just because you don't like the person? And now you have a lawsuit. And if you lose the lawsuit, it's going to cost you big money. Big money. So it's just not worth it. I think that we have to be honorable in our work and we have to be trustworthy that when we're putting information out to the public that it's believable and it's true. We have enough going on right now and we're in big trouble as a church. We're in big trouble because there's such a separation of the sheep and the goats and false doctrine and right doctrine. Personally, I do not um, have a great affinity for people that are Calvinists as far as am I going to trust the teaching? I don't care who it is or what big name it is. If they're teaching Calvinism, I'm not going to listen to their Bible teaching because Calvinism is not a true doctrine of the church. It's, a, it's not true. It's false. So I don't care what big name it is. I, if, they're, if they're teaching Calvinism, I'm not buying it. And I'm not really going to respect that person as a Bible teacher. If you can't even get that straight about what salvation is, then I'm not going to uh, consider that person credible. But there's certain, and there's so many of them out there now, and, and uh, claiming to be apologists, and having discernment ministries where you can't even discern that. <laughs> so, <laughs> or people that basically do Roman Catholic stuff like have statues in their churches and they wear Roman collars. Like, why do I want to listen to your Bible teaching? I don't. I, I might like you as a person. I could still be friends with you, but I'm not going to receive your Bible teaching and I'm not going to tell anybody else to receive your Bible teaching either. If you can't get that straight, if you can't get straight infant baptism, where, and I'm going to play this clip because Sunday at Apollo White's church, she was baptizing babies. We don't baptize babies. That's a Roman Catholic thing. Babies can't talk, and the parents can't stand up for the baby that you're 
the baby's going to be a Christian because I'm a Christian, or they say they're Christians, but they don't. Ask a Catholic what they believe. For the most part, they don't even know what they believe. If you tell them, for instance, if you tell them about the Inquisition, they'll say, what's that? They don't even know about the Inquisition where for hundreds of years the popes were killing real Bible-believing Christians and they were killing Christians that translated the Bible into the English language. They were killing them and burning them at the stake. And, and uh, so why would you want to belong to a church like that? But most Catholics don't even know about it. And I remember sitting around my dinner table one time, and my one of my relatives was there, and Catholic relative, and they brought up something about the Pope, and Peter was the first Pope, and I said, well, you know, Peter was married. And so they said, what do you mean? He was married. He was not married. I said, well, Jesus healed his mother-in-law. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh brother. <laughs> That's how ignorant they are. But they wanted to believe Peter was the first pope and Peter didn't have a wife and and that made people really holy especially if they never got married and they never had a husband or never had children or whatever. And uh yeah. So you could ask you could ask some of these people what they really believe. They don't really know. They go to church. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And uh, we have a big job on our hands, let me tell you. We have a big job on our hands, and God has a remnant. He's got, he has his faithful people that aren't going to bow the knee. And, and you see people compromising all the time. And Jackie and I talked about it last week about how people compromised over the years. And now we have these situations on so-called Christian television where anything goes. Because people just want FaceTime. They want to be on TV. So then they figure that's going to be their ticket to having a big ministry. Well, the last time I was on any kind of Christian television was back in the early 1990s. And then I was starting to come out of Word of Faith. And I was talking about where in Peter, Second Peter, I believe it is, where the Bible says that they were making merchandise of you and they were selling miracles and, and, uh, it was a friend of mine that was the host of this particular television program that I had gone on, and I, he let me come on three times. After the third time, I wasn't invited back because I was... The station at the time was starting to do those telethons with sell a $1,000 seed, blah, blah. So they definitely didn't want me on there telling people that that wasn't scriptural. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was the end of my appearances on so-called Christian TV. I was never asked back, and I don't really care at this point because not that I wouldn't want to be on my own network or something like that where I could tell the truth, but I'm not going to go on these networks where they're lying on one half and then 
they're not going to let me tell people the truth because it's going to interfere with their fundraising. And the host of the show, which is a very nice man, but he decided he was going to stay at the network and participate in all those telethons and fundraising schemes and whatever, which was very disappointing. But some people, they, they need a job or they want, they're trying to build their ministry. I wasn't concerned myself at that point about building my ministry because I was more concerned about what I saw going on and I knew it wasn't right. And so if I had a ministry or not, it really didn't, it, it didn't bother me because I wasn't going to compromise. And anyway, so God gave me this blog talk radio and thank God for this and it's a great avenue to, for me to be able to speak the truth and it's a great blessing and I don't ha I don't have to worry about whether somebody's going to send me an offering because they don't like what I say or I don't have to worry that I'm not going to get a check from my boss because he doesn't like what I say my boss likes what I say <laughs> person that takes care of me likes what I say and if I say something wrong he's going to tell me about it he's going to tell me about it and I'm going to try my best to preach the gospel and tell people what the truth is no matter what the cost is because that's the most important thing is we're people's eternal destiny and how they live their lives here on the earth and what they believe. What, what are your principles? What are your values? What are you willing, are you willing to stand up for your values no matter what it costs? Your rep, it might cost you your reputation. It might cost you your job. It might cost you your spot on so-called Christian television. <laughs> yeah. No, the most important thing is what Jesus thinks about you and what you do for the kingdom of God in the long run. So there's so many things going on and we watch, I watch the destruction of so many of these churches and it, and it's sad I don't glory in these men when they fall in in the fact of their falling and it's a tragedy because they have families they have children they have congregations and they're dropping like dominoes all over the place because of the prosperity gospel for the most part it's made monsters out of people it really has. It, it, if a pastor goes into pastoring a church with the attitude, look, I don't want your 10%. You don't need to bring me 10% of your money. You give what you want to. If you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, that's fine too. You're still welcome here. And if they go into it with that attitude where we're going to do things in a different way here, I'm going to trust God as the pastor. 
how can I tell you to trust God if I can't? But no, we've made monsters now out of pastors where they're collecting 10% from thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, and they're, they've become monsters. They can't control their lust. They can't control their drug habits or their alcohol habits. It was never meant to be like this. It was never meant to be like this. There was a, a pastor a week or so ago, and his wife had a 50th birthday party, and people were flying in from all over the country for her party. So what? On whose money? On whose money were you having that party? Probably wasn't coming out of their pocket. From the 10% and they, and they bought some kind of a big ski lodge in Colorado and they have, I don't know, several homes all over. How did they get all that? They didn't get it honestly. They got it from extortion. Because really that's what tithing is. It's extortion. Tithing money because tithing was never money anyway in the Old Testament, but banging people over the head and, and telling them that God will curse you if you don't give me the 10% and you have to fund my vision and whatever. First of all, it's not your vision. The vision is to tell people about Jesus and to preach and teach the word of God and, and, and not for filthy lucre's sake. That's what the Bible says. So we do what we do because we love God and we love people. And that has to be the attitude. But we, you don't see that for the most part. No, you don't see that. You see the pastors wearing a $10,000 or $20,000 watch and expensive clothes, expensive cars, expensive homes, all at the cost of the poor people sitting in the pew just waiting for their turn. <laughs> To come along, well, yeah, maybe if I just keep tithing and sowing seeds, I can get all that too. What good is it going to do? You can't take it with you. When you look at those videos coming out of the Ukraine and you see these people, they worked all their life to have an apartment, to have a car, to have a pension, and it's all gone. The house is gone. The car is gone. The job is gone. There's no water. There's no gas. There's no electricity. And they, they had to leave it all behind. Don't trust in uncertain riches because you don't know if it's going to be there. And your heart just breaks for these people. They don't deserve it. And yet, you look at the American church and they're still talking about you can have your best life now and you can have, well, a lot of us probably do have a pretty good life yet, but we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We just don't know what's ahead. It should be a big wake-up call for us because this is Eastern Europe we're talking about. It's not some faraway land somewhere, a third-world country, no. And it's happening there. So we have to be sober and vigilant. Anyway, let's play a scripture here.
Second Peter. The Second Epistle General of Peter, Chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard, when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Chapter 2 But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, 
the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Amen. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And he does. He does. And you see, you see what's going on with, yeah, cunningly devised fables, people, <laughs> people that call themselves evangelists and apostles and doctor and reverend and every other bishop and every other title. And yet they've devised cunningly devised fables. You see it? You see it every day. It is very, very disturbing, the state of so-called Christianity to the, the, uh, the public at large. It's one of the reasons I think this, the updated book that I did on President Trump's pastor is very timely and very, very necessary. And it's not because I'm trying to sell a book. That's not the reason I wrote it. I wrote it because I, f I know in my heart that this information needs to get out to the public at, at large, especially to evangelical voters. And these kind of things are important for people to know. And, it, and if you put it in a book and it looks presentable and it looks like it's professional, then you can get the attention of some people where maybe a video or a, an article on a website wouldn't, is if you could hand somebody a book for them to read. And it's very well researched. There's links to videos and articles and uh, different information in there that most people don't know because the information has not been made available to the public at large. So there's other there's many other people too trying to get information out there and and we hope and we pray that many people will be able to get their hands on this information so they, they can make good decisions about the future of this country and the future of their walk with the Lord, especially because we're supposed to know those that labor among us. We're supposed to know who's who and who's doing what. And I, I made numerous phone calls to many well-known ministries in the past about some of these things, and they didn't care. And that, that was very, very sad to me that they didn't really care. They cared more about an invitation to the White House than they cared about the truth of what was really going on. 
And uh, at this point, I'm not going to name all the names of the people that I contacted, but I, con I must have contacted 100 different outlets waiting for one brave person to get the information out to the, to the public at large. Now, this ministry reaches thousands of people, sometimes tens of thousands of people, but I don't, I don't have the uh, capacity at this point to reach a million or more people at one time where if something gets on Fox News or it gets on CNN or it gets on some of these bigger websites or some of the big newspapers pick it up, then you have, you're able to get get a message out to millions at once. So that's really up to the Lord how uh, he's going to do things and, and uh, when the right time is to get some of this information out to the general public so that they know. Because why should a pastor of a church be making 500000 to a million dollars a year pastoring a church. It's not right. It's not right. Uh, plus a housing allowance, plus a car allowance, plus medical insurance, and all the other perks that they get. For what? For preaching two or three sermons a week? And maybe doing some other administrative duties? Because by the, by the time they're making that kind of money... They have a staff that's doing everything else for them. They don't do hospital visitations or weddings or they don't do most of that anymore. They don't have to. So they prepare a canned sermon that maybe they got, they looked up, they have these books where they can buy these sermons. Most of them don't even write their own sermons. It's very corrupt. It's very corrupt, so God help us. But I wanted to play this audio here this uh, past Sunday, like I said, Paula White there, baptizing babies. I'm going to ask the parents to turn toward the altar. I'm going to ask for Mr. Greg to help me put my, you just turn right toward the altar. And then get in front. This is the fun part. I can get my thank you so much and elder if you can bring the anointing oil back here please amen say why did they turn away because they were going to renounce Satan on behalf of their children and now as you face the altar the holy altar amen do you unite yourself to Christ by the grace of God I do amen do you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. All right. I'm going to ask, let me start with, uh, um, I'll start with uh, Elijah. Let's start here. Let's bring him over. You ready? Let's take off his little clothes, but nothing but his diaper. Nothing but his diaper. So, okay, or his onesie. Do you want to be in his onesie? Okay, that'd be good. 
If you want to just take off his uh, sweatshirt, you could. We're going to dip him. Elijah's getting dipped, guys. As they get him ready, let me read to you. But to all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. O King who loves humanity, we ask that you come and sanctify this water by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and grant to it the grace of redemption and the blessing of Jordan. Make it a fountain of incorruption, the gift of sanctification, thank you, Elder, and the remission of sins, the remedy of infirmities, the final destruction of demons, unassailable by hostile powers, filled with angelic might. Let those who would ensnare your creature flee far from it. For we have called upon your name, O Lord, and it is wonderful and glorious and awesome, even unto your adversaries. For you said, O Lord, wash and be clean, put away evil things from your souls. You bestowed upon us from on high a new birth. Through water and the spirit, manifest yourself in this water and grant them who are baptized therein that they may be transformed. So, Lord, with this holy oil, I bless this water in the name of Jesus. Just thank you that you purify it. Let your spirit rest upon it in the name of Jesus. I decree it and I declare it. Can I get something to, I don't want the babies to slip through me. Let me grab a little bit of towel there. I'd be really bad if I dropped a baby in the water. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Elder, I'm going to ask you to help me. We're going to start with Elijah. Hi. Hi, pumpkin. You ready? I'm going to ask you to help anoint. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Look. Look at the cutest little baby. Hi, mighty man of God. Hi, mighty man. Elder, if you'll help me. We're going to uh, put him in. Ready? Fathers, I baptize Elijah in the name of Jesus. It's warm. It's warm. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. In the name of Jesus right now, I anoint his forehead. I anoint his ears to hear the word of the Lord. I thank you. I anoint his breast and shoulder unto the healing of the soul and the body in the name of Jesus. I anoint his hands that they may be formed and fashioned. I anoint his feet that they will walk in the way of your commandments. And Lord, I just thank you that Elijah will know you all the days of his life. Anointed from head, oh, there you go, to the soles of your feet. We baptize you and dedicate you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please go change him into his, is that her chrismation outfit? Let's take the chrismation because you're going to put that on as we present it. So we're going to take the little chrismation offer just onto her onesie. Hi, cute little girl. Hi, precious one. I'd be crying too. Is there any reason to put a baby through that? It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. 
First of all, she's got these two buckets there on a table that she's calling an altar. And then she puts oil in there. And then she's dunking these poor babies in this thing. And so even if they had clothes on, the clothes are going to be ruined because they're going to be full of oil. I don't know what the reason for that was. And then she's asking the Lord to sanctify the water and the oil. I don't know how he's going to do that since (laughs) he never said we're supposed to baptize babies into the church. Right. And notice the people were applauding when she said he's going to get he's going to get dunked or however she put it, and they started applauding. Dipped, she said that he's going to get dipped. So what does that mean? He can't talk for himself. He didn't like it, poor thing. But there's the parents subjecting their child to that. Uh, somehow believing that that was going to make him a Christian, just like the Catholics do, that you get baptized into the church, and that that makes you a Christian. Well, that doesn't make you a Christian. <laughs> you have to make that decision for yourself. Anyway, this last clip I want to play here is <laughs> of uh, the uh, wacky cat cur. Some of the comments that this woman makes, it's just unbelievable that she is accepted in these charismania charismania, uh, circles. And she is. (laughs) She is. She appears every Wednesday with Steve Schultz. And uh, here's what they were talking about. It's like to be tall. I've been short since I was a child. Can we change some, some, some of those dimensions, height and all of that in heaven? Well, I would just say this. You know, Jesus himself can be as high or small as he want to. The Father, if you have to say, say we're made in their image and we operate like they do. That's why he made us. So eventually in heaven, you can be as tall as you want. You can be as short as you want. Awesome. I remember a little girl. You're not just stuck in something. It's always going to be you. You'll just be tall or short or whatever. But I remember a little girl asked me one time a question. She said, I want to ask God a question. Uh, when I get to heaven, can I have a conversation with an ant? Can I be as small as an ant? And before she could even finish it, the father said, tell her. I said, yes, she can be <laughs> the size of an ant if she wants to. And she can have conversations with him all, all the wow. time if she wants to. And then she can go right back to being herself. So he answered that, uh, for that little girl. And I do know, yeah, people can be tall for a while. They can be short, but it's still going to be you. Um, people can do all kinds of things in heaven. They yeah. you do fly. I haven't really openly said that, but anybody can fly in heaven. You have a place where you learn, though. You do yeah. get to learn. You go by this place called Flyby near the amusement park and you learn how to fly because, you know, he wouldn't just throw you out there and say, go for it. Um, there's no telling what <laughs> you wouldn't get hurt. But and people say, can I have wings? It's another question. Can I have wings? Well, he might let you have some for a while, but you wouldn't know what to do with the wings either. You think, oh, some things you don't automatically know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that um, there are those who were on the earth that actually train you how to do that. 
and then you can fly around the amusement park or whatever. So, and I do know, I guess if you really want to have wings, I don't know why he wouldn't let you have them probably for a while, or maybe that would be a fun experience. But how are you going to put your clothes on with wings? Well, how I are you see, going to sit yeah. down with wings? How would you walk through a door? If you turned around, you'd knock people over. Um, you try wings are not little tiny baby wings, people. They're like eight foot, ten foot. If you're five and a half foot, you can have like eight foot wings. And you, and you don't you need them to. I think it would be a fun thing to watch people yeah. uh, have wings and walk around. <laughs> but you don't need wings to fly. And people probably want wings because they want to fly. But you can fly without wings, right? So yes, you can. So, yes. Okay. Uh, what was I going to ask you? Um, <laughs> oh dear. That one thing for sure, she's got some imagination. Oh, you can be as tall as you want. You could be the size of an ant in heaven. Yeah, she just makes things up. She's She's got some imagination. She could sure be a, a fiction writer, which she is. She is a fiction writer. <laughs> there's an amusement park. Yeah, there's an amusement park in heaven. You fly around. And uh, you can be 100 feet tall. You can be an ant. Yeah. Now, we're supposed to take that seriously? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, I No. <laughs> oh, dear. God help us. We're in trouble. I, I really, that's, there. this is a lady that gets invited to many of these NAR conferences, and she's she's accepted in those circles as a as a prophetess. God help us. God help us. We need help. We all need help. <laughs> anyway, let's try to stay on the straight and narrow, and not get involved in these foolish doctrines and these foolish teachings because if it's not in the bible then it's not so and we have to just base everything on the word of god so we can stay stay on that straight and narrow path and not go astray it's it's just better really i i watch some of these things and i look at some of these programs for information and i'm i'm always amazed at the things that I hear come out of people's mouths. But we are in some strange times. We really are. We are in some strange times. But the most important thing is, and it is the most important thing, is God's not going to ask you about Kat Kerr or Paula White or Donald Trump. or No, he's going to ask you about you and what you did with your life. You are responsible to the Lord for your sins. And he's given you a way out of eternal punishment. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to be born of a virgin, to die on the cross, to resurrect from the dead and ascend into heaven. And he sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. Bible says in Third John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
no matter what you've done, no sin is too big for God to forgive you, and he will forgive you if you truly repent and have a repentant heart before God. And he will give you a brand new life, and he will give you peace, and he will give you joy. And and you could see these people, from, especially from Hollywood, they have money, and millions, hundreds of millions in fame, and they're not happy. They're not happy because they don't have peace. They don't have the Prince of Peace. They don't have the promise of eternal life. They don't have the new birth. So Jesus has given you this opportunity today for you to look at your life and to say, Lord, I repent of my sins and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and give me a brand new life because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says in Romans that confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. So give your life to Jesus today, and he will give you a brand new life. I want to thank everybody that tuned in today and everybody in the chat room, all my listeners around the world. Hello, all my listeners in South Africa, New Zealand, Australia the United Kingdom, Canada, and the United States of America. Thank you all for listening and being a part of our broadcast. And if you want to email me, susan at propheticnews.com. And if you know anyone that needs the book, it's available on Amazon, the President Trump's pastor. It's there in the Kindle version and in a paperback, and it might be a good gift for, for somebody that is on the brink there and, need, and needs to know the truth about what's going on. So that's out there for you, but God bless you. Don't forget to email me if you have anything that you want to share with me, susan at propheticnews.com. God bless you. We'll see you next week. be